Amen. Glad you're here again. Want to encourage you every week. Be sure to invite somebody. If you'll notice on your table there, there are cards uh, that say you're invited. Want to encourage you. Grab one of those, and as you go through the week, uh, you come across somebody that you think, hey, they would benefit from being at our men's lunch. Hand them that card. Encourage them to be here. Invite them to be here. We'd like to see. Uh, every week our men's lunch continue to grow. Again, glad that you're here today. Why don't we tell the ladies thanks for our, for our lunch today. <laughs> Have you ever been to Six Flags? Uh, as an adult, not my favorite place to go. I don't like the crowds and the long lines and for sure the $7 lemonades. Uh, but have you ever been to Six Flags and, and ridden on the roller coaster? Uh, I remember in the summer of 1988, it was the summer before my senior year in high school, a group of us went to Six Flags. And I remember all the rage was the shockwave. All the talk, the, the big new roller coaster was the shockwave. When it opened, it was the tallest uh, roller coaster in the world. It, it didn't last very long. Somebody put a bigger one up. It had the two loops. Uh, all the new stuff wasn't built yet. It had the two big loops and, and it was all the rage to talk about, hey, we're going to go and ride the shockwave. As a, as a senior in high school with a bunch of guys, it was how we were going to prove our manhood. We were excited to go and ride the shockwave. Remember getting in line? Uh, line goes on and on. We wait forever in this line. We're excited about it. We're a little bit nervous about it. Uh, we finally get on the roller coaster. And, and for some reason, everybody says, you want to sit at the front. So we try to get as close to the front as we can. Uh, we hold our hands up as you go through the loops, and we scream and we yell, and then, and then we come in and we get off the roller coaster, and as fast as we could run around, we went back and got in line uh, to ride the roller coaster again. I think about that ride. We get on this roller coaster. We sit there, and you sit there with a sense of expectancy. Uh, you're not sure exactly what it's going to be like. You're not sure what it's, what's, what's going to happen, and your heart beats. Uh, I remember as it takes off, uh, at first it moves very slowly. And remember it, it starts to click along and you hear that click and the, and the roller coaster pulls out and you're sitting there in the seat and then it, it goes a little bit faster and then it starts to go up this big steep hill. And if you remember the hill, if you've ever been on that, uh, that thing's clicking along and it, it's, it's pulling its way up the hill and it, it seems like it gets steeper and steeper and the, and the roller coaster gets slower and slower and you really start to wonder, I'm not sure we're ever going to pull over this hill. I'm not sure this thing's not going to stop and fall backwards. And then you come over the top of the hill and all of a sudden for, for just a quick second you can look around and you can see all of, all of Dallas around you in all those directions and then you blast down the hill. And, and if you remember, your, your, your stomach comes up in your throat and, and you're just petrified as you go down the hill and you, and you yell and people are yelling and you race along. And then, it, and then it goes and it's picked up enough speed that it goes into the loops. And I remember the loops not even really knowing where I was at at that point. I don't know if we're up or if we're down. I know I'm pushed back in my seat and, and we've got our arms out. I guess that's supposed to make you feel like you're gonna fall. But for just a second, I'm not even sure where I'm at. And then it comes out of the loops, and, and here it goes, and it picks up speeds again, and then it, it turns, and it turns real sharp, and then it, it whips around and goes into another turn, and you think, man, I am riding the shockwave. And, and about the time that you think, I've got the feel for this, and you're kind of cheering, and, and this is a lot of fun, it makes one last turn, and then it jerks, and it starts to slow down, and it pulls into that station, and it stops. And the ride's over. And all that fun and all those things and all those emotions that you had, all of a sudden it stops 
And it seems that the ride was way too fast. Isn't that a lot like our life? Sometimes you're clicking along and you, and you just feel the track clicking underneath you. Sometimes you're on a hill and you're not sure if you're going to make the hill. And you're not sure if you've got enough energy to get up to the top of the hill. And, and it feels like the ride may start to go backwards. And then, and then other times it feels like you're just out of control. You know what, I'm not sure where I'm even at anymore and it feels like you're in the midst of those loops and, and you know what, I, I've done these things and my life seems like it's out of control. And then other times it seems like, you know what, I've got this figured out and, and I've got it mastered and we're cheering and we're having fun on the ride. But then in the midst of that, there is a jerk and it slows down and the ride ends. And it was always way too fast. Last week, sitting at this table, in fact, sitting in this seat, was a young man named Quentin West. Um, been coming to our men's lunch, always excited. I don't know how much you got to be around him, always excited, always very polite, always listening. I remember he turned around, he'd always listen to the message. Uh, what stands out to me is, is when, the, when the men's lunch is over, uh, he always came up and every time he looked me in the eye and he said a great message and he gave me a hug. Last Thursday, right here, right here, he gave me a hug. Saturday night, uh, there is an accident, his vehicle rolls over and Quentin, this young man, this polite young man, his ride ends and it's way too fast. Let me ask you the question today. What really matters? If that's how it goes, now if you've lived any, you can sit here and say, you know what, that's how it goes. If that's the truth of how it goes, what really matters? Today, I'm not going to be real long, but I'm going to be very serious with you today. If that could be your story, let me just tell you, that could be your story. If someday that will be your story, and I don't care how old you are. He was a very young man. I don't care how old you are. Someday that will be your story. If this were your last week, how should you live? I want to tell you three things today very quickly. Uh, three things that you may know. Three things that may be a review, but some maybe three things we need to bring back to mind today. The first thing is this. If this were your last week to live, I want to tell you the most important thing that you could do, the most important thing that you can settle is to be right with God. Be right with God. Now, not, not I think I'm right with God. There's a lot of people saying, you know what? I hope I'm right with God. I think I've got this settled. Uh, I think I've done enough good things. I hope the, the man upstairs is ready to let me in. Not think or hope that you're right with God, but be right with God. You see, our problem is sin. That's the problem of mankind. That's my problem. That's your problem. And when we sin, we break our relationship with the holy God who can have no part of sin. And then there's a point when you die. The book of Hebrews says the point for man wants to die and then your judgment. On the day that you die, you're going to be judged. And I want to tell you the biblical truth is if you're found in your sin, the Bible says you are already guilty. You're already condemned. John chapter 3 verse 18. And on that day... You, you're going to enter into an eternity separated from God in the reality of hell. The place of judgment. The true, literal place of judgment called hell. The good news is this. Be sure and hear this. 
Your salvation has already been secured through Jesus Christ. Your forgiveness has already been secured. Peace with God has already been secured through Jesus Christ. We have eternal life when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something. If this is your last week to live, be sure that you're right with God. Be sure that there's been a point that you understand, you know what, I have sinned. And my sin has earned me a punishment. And I, I understand I can do nothing about that. I can't reconcile that relationship with God. But Jesus has through the cross of Calvary. And I've put my faith in Jesus Christ. Be right with God. Listen to John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, talking about eternal life. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And Jesus says, do you believe this? Listen to me today. If you've ever heard anything I've ever said, if there's any value in any word you've ever heard coming out of my mouth, it is this, put your faith in Jesus Christ. Be right with God. I'm going to tell you something. Quentin West, if he could tell you something today, he would say, be right with God. That's the first thing. Second thing, if this were your last week to live, you'd want to get right with people. You'd want to get right with people. Uh, what that means is this. People need to know what you think of them. People need to know that you love them. People need to be uh, left with the assurance that they're not having to wonder, well, I'm not sure what he thought of me or what they thought of me, and, and they want to know what you believe of them. There's some people you need to be sure they know what you think of them. There's some people that need to know how much you love them. There's some people that need forgiveness. There's some people, there's, there's some people we need to go, we need to bury the hatchet. Uh, there's some folks we need to forgive. There's some folks... Uh, that need to seek forgiveness. And, I, and I'm one of them. We need to go and ask some people, you know what, I'm sorry, and please forgive me for this or for this action. I want to tell you something. If we knew this was our last week, this is something we couldn't afford to put off. Be right with people. First thing, make sure you're right with God. That's what truly matters. Second thing, because we serve a loving God, you're going to want to be right with people. Third thing is this. Lead people to Jesus. You know what, if you knew this was your last weekend, last Thursday, passed away on Saturday, if you knew this was your last week, you know what, I've got a right relationship with God, I'm going to try to make sure my relationships with people are right, the most important thing next you could do is lead people to Jesus. What about your friends? You know what I'm telling you? Something, I've got friends, I'm not sure if they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I do. What about your family members? I want to tell you, I've got family members. I'm not sure if they died tonight that they would spend eternity with my Savior in heaven. I'm not sure if they've got a relationship with Christ. What about your neighbors? There's people on my street, on Mansard Street. I'm not sure if they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'll just tell you, if, if this is my last week, I'm not worried about my pride this week. If this is my last week, I'm not worried about their feelings this week. If this is my last week, I haven't got time to take up a different priority to get to distracted with the things of the world. If this is my last week, there's some things that no longer are going to matter that much to me this week. Because the Bible says, listen to this, if they do not hear, they cannot believe. And if they do not believe, on that day, I will no longer see them again. And they will die condemned and spend eternity in the reality of hell. This was my last week. This is your last week. We ought to be urgent about leading people to Jesus. Let me tell you something. I've thought about this some, and I've come to the conclusion that I have no eternal reason 
to stay here. And I'm talking about on this earth. I have no eternal reason to stay here except this. People need to hear about Jesus Christ and I can tell them. Do you understand that? Think about that. Everything for me gets better in heaven. Everything for me gets better in heaven. Everything is better in heaven. I have no eternal reason to stay here except this. I can and you can and we are called to lead people to Jesus Christ. Isn't that how you'd want to spend your last week? Friends, the truth is time is rolling quickly by. Don't know what a, we don't know what a weekend's going to hold. We don't know what, what a day's going to hold. But even then, we, we look around and we may act like it's not true, but time is rolling quickly by. I have a 14-year-old daughter. She's a freshman at the high school. Most beautiful girl you've ever seen in your life. She gets that from her mother. Smart, kind, athletic. She gets that from her mother. She's been wanting to drive to school. And she, she says, you know what, I want to drive to school. She doesn't have a license, doesn't have a car, but she'd like to drive to school. We've been letting her drive home from church. We let her drive around a little bit with us. Sometimes we let her drive by herself. Uh, if there's any police officers here, please excuse that. Um, she's been wanting to drive to school. Can I drive to school? Sarah, Joe, you cannot drive to school. You have no license. If you get into an accident, somebody runs into you, it's not your fault. You cannot drive to school. Sarah, if you get caught... Uh, you're going to be that kid standing in the back of the car with the police officer crying while they call your dad to come get you. Sarah, you can't drive to school. No. This morning, Carrie's got tennis this afternoon in Graham. Uh, Will has, has ball practice after school. Uh, Kale's coming here to the church. I got all this stuff to do. And so this morning we tell Sarah, Sarah, you're going to get to drive to school today. Um, get in the car. You're going to drive to school. You're going to park at the church you walk to school. You don't tell your friends that you drove to school. You don't get anybody in the car with you for sure. And when school's over, you come straight home from school. You're going to get to drive to school today. This morning she comes out, and I'm watching. Here comes my beautiful little daughter with her blonde hair, and she's got it in braids. And she comes out, and she is smiling, and she is excited. And she comes out, and I can see that she is nervous. And and she says, you sure this is okay, Daddy? And I said, it's, it's okay. Be careful. Drive slow. You sure this is all right, Daddy? You know, it's it's going to be okay. She gets in that car, and I can see her smile. And I see her blue eyes, and I see her put on that seatbelt, and it clicks. And all of a sudden, I remember, seems like yesterday, that I held this little baby girl and she had the same blue eyes, had the same blonde hair, had even the same little smile. And I held her, and I walked, and I put her into a car seat. And I pulled the straps around and strapped her in, and we bring her home from the hospital. You know what? Time is rolling by way too fast. Get right with God. Be right with man. Lead people to Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Please stay. During Father, we come. We're thankful for you today. We're thankful for eternal life through Jesus Christ. We did not earn. 
We're thankful for life that doesn't end with a, with a casket or with a cemetery, that doesn't end with, with a heart that's broken, that's beyond repair. But you tell us we grieve, yes we grieve, but not as those who have no hope. I'm thankful for Quentin. I'm thankful that, that I believe he knew you and that he heard your truth and he heard your word. I'm thankful for that. I come and I pray now for his family and his loved ones. And I, I pray as terrible as this is, that it's going to make people ask questions. Where do we have hope? Where do we have life that doesn't end? I pray there's going to be folks that, that find Jesus Christ through such a terrible situation. Be with his family. I come today and as I see that time is rolling by and I see the truth of, of whatever the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns, there is a day for all of us when it jerks and it, it slows down and it comes to a stop. I pray for the men in this room that we will be prepared, that we will be right with the living God through Jesus Christ. Burn in our hearts. Draw us in your spirit. Let our, these words not fall on deaf ears. Let folks be right with Jesus Christ today. Give us an urgency in that. I, I pray that we would be right with mankind because you give us that example and you tell us to forgive and to love and that in doing that we show we belong to you. Help us to do that. And then I pray that maybe today we have a renewed urgency and a passion to lead people to Jesus Christ, the only eternal cause worth taking up. We come today and we tell you we love you, we praise you, we thank you. And I pray in your name, in Jesus' name, amen.